0: to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, Go PowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
2: Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Pre-Game Podcast. I am Go Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Over the next hour, we hope to get you completely prepared for the Kansas State Wildcats playing host to the Houston Cougars on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Game slated for 11 a.m. kickoff, so morning football at the Bill is good. The weather forecast is not good. It's supposed to be in the mid-40s with rain, possibly, during the game, so come prepared with your weather, weather gear if you're coming to the Bill. If you're not, you can find the game in the comfort of your own home on ESPN2. If it rains inside your house, don't blame me. I try to warn you. Throughout the course of this hour or so, we're going to hope to get you completely prepared for this game. We'll of course, start with our former offensive lineman, our football analyst at Go Powercat, Brian Hanley. He played on those 97-98 K-State teams as he'll look at what's going on with K-State primarily. We'll talk plenty about Houston, but also he's going to dig into what exactly is going on with this offensive line and why have they woken up and playing at such a high level right now. And before we get to Brian, we will start that off with something I know he'll enjoy. A brief talk with Cooper Beebe from Tuesday's press conference as the All-American Guard recognizes how well they're playing, particularly now that Carver Willis has settled in at right tackle. In the second portion of the podcast, of course, Ryan Wallace will come in. He really does a marvelous job of breaking down opponents, and he'll dig deep into the Houston Cougars, who are led by quarterback Donovan Smith, who's no stranger to Bill Snyder Family Stadium. He played here last year starting at quarterback for Texas Tech. Well, now he's in Houston for Dana Hogerson. And before that, we will have Chris Kleiman on from the Tuesday Press Conference to tell you everything going on with the quarterbacks, which is nothing. He didn't know much at that point of the week, and we'll see uh, what plays out on Saturday. But we'll give you the latest from Coach Kleiman and his thoughts on the quarterback situation and a few other things, maybe. And then in the third segment, which is our sports betting segment with Ryan Gilbert, we'll go through all six Big 12 games, including Kansas State and Houston. There's a big number for Kansas State in this game in terms of being favored. We'll go through all of those games. And prior to that segment, we'll hear from the QB1 himself. Will Howard will talk to us about what's going on. And honestly, you're going to be a little shocked at how, I don't want to say disgruntled, but miffed he is about the quarterback situation. And the fact that he isn't the full-time starter and now is swapping possessions with Avery Johnson. All is good in the locker room. But if you look at it from his standpoint, you're probably not quite grasping what's going on either. As I mentioned, we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. And at Robbins, they strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships selling quality cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast well let's not mess around let's get to cooper bb a couple quick questions with him and then we'll bring in brian hanley and start breaking down the cats and cougars taking place on saturday in manhattan
3: oh now that you know everybody's kind of found their home position it's it's a lot easier to build build that team uh, team chemistry um you know and i often say you know, O-lines a game within a game. Um, you know, I don't think people realize, you know, when dudes move around and not at their natural position, how, how big of an impact that can have on, as, on an offensive line. And now that we're all, all together in, in our normal spots, you know, we're really clicking together.
2: How important has it been for Carver or Willis to really own that spot? And- grow up he's yeah. become a much better player
3: no it's it's truly impeccable just you know what he's been able to do um you know just the way he's grown throughout the season and, and the effort and the ability he plays with i mean it gives us that opportunity you know when people get tired we can sub them out and know that we have people that come in you know when duff gets in you know gets his reps you know we have the freshness because because of the carver Willis's. um so he's he's done a tremendous job and it's it's great just to see him grow up you know I, a lot of people you know, you know you know what i mean i've been talking crap on him early in the season and just to see him grow up and become the player he is it's truly special and there he is mr brian hanley the
2: former kansas state offensive lineman who joins us to start off every one of our pregame podcasts why not start with brian hanley he knows his stuff uh first of all brian how you doing I'm doing yet. all right. It's... I it's been two days since I talked to you. I hope nothing went wrong. <laughs> Nothing's wrong. Okay, not, not yet. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's the days early. Hang on. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, I just went back and watched some of that Tech Houston game. Um, first of all, Houston didn't give up. Down twenty-one, nothing. Nope. Uh, they're still down late in the first half, and then by early second half, they've got it tied up. Look, I I think this was a case. A lot of it of Texas deciding, hey, we've got this wrapped up. Let's just cruise. And they did they couldn't do that. But credit to Houston and Donovan Smith for just keep firing away and finding a way to get back in that game. And honestly, they, they probably should have won that. If they got a better spot, maybe the outcome of the game is a little bit different there at the end. But um, I, I was impressed with their tenacity and not going away.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and that's all you can ask for is for kids not to give up. That you every program preaches that, and to actually see it come to fruition at Houston again, they were getting their head beaten in. They they yeah. really were, and for them to just keep fighting and keep fighting and keep fighting, um, you know, I, I, I'm not high on Dana Holgerson. I'm I'm not that high on him, but at least he's got his kids battling. That that's the one thing that you can say. He's got yeah. the kids battling.
2: Okay, let's start with Donovan Smith, the former Tech quarterback. He played here in Manhattan last year with Tech and and lost to the Wildcats. Uh, This guy can make big plays. We just don't know what team he's going to make those plays for. (laughs) And and that's kind of been the knock on him is he's, you know, he can run, he can throw, and he can also throw it to the other team. Uh, If he's good, they're dangerous. If he's not, they're fairly feeble. I don't mean to put everything on Donovan Smith, but he seems to be their X factor going both directions.
1: Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, He's a dynamic athlete. That's number one. Uh, he can throw it around, but just like you said, a lot of times he throws it to the opposite team. So the um, case they can keep him under control um, and, and, and keep him in the pocket, because I think if he gets outside the pocket, I think that's where he can be the most dangerous. Um, but yeah, I that, that just... I don't know. Houston. Houston's a good team. They fight, but I, I think K-State, if they do what they should be able to do and do it well like they did last week, I, I think they'll be all right in this.
2: I kind of feel like uh, this is the same buildup for Oklahoma State. Questioning the quarterback, yeah. a team that uh, has played okay, but isn't necessarily very good. And K-State fell into that trap, but that trap was a learning environment for K state. I don't feel like they're going to look past Houston in any way like they did with those state.
1: Well, if one thing is all they need to do is turn on the tape from last week yeah. and watch Houston. I mean, we know Texas is a good football team. They they are. And Houston was right there. So, if, if they have any any kind of whatever and, and and they think, "Oh, well we'll just walk all over this team." Just literally just look at the tape from last week. Texas is a good football team and Houston had them on the ropes. Now, yep. How they had them on the ropes, Texas stopped playing. I get all of that, but regardless, it happened. So I think it's a little bit different looking at the Oklahoma State situation from where they were coming from versus Houston playing Texas literally the week before and having them on the ropes. So hopefully the guys look at that and understand that.
2: Yeah, I'm a big believer in you are what your record says you are. Uh, Houston is one and three in the conference, three and four overall. But deeper than that, they have statistically the worst defense in the Big 12. Uh, they've really struggled. Um, yes, they played a lot better last week when they switched to the three-man front. Maybe that helped them. Maybe it just caught Texas off guard. We don't know if they're going to, excuse me, stick with that three-man front this week, or if they will uh, attempt to go back to the four-man front. I don't think that matters. There was a day when the three-man fr- front bothered Kansas State, but it, it, that day's passed. I feel like K-State's going to put up a lot of yards.
1: Yeah, th- th- those days are over. I think one of the things is is that you show up in a three-man front and you show up with a light box, K-State's going to run the football at you. Yeah, And I think that's what kind of got us in trouble a little bit earlier in the season this year as we kept trying to throw into that light box where now it's, you know what? Let's just get back to what we do well. Let's try to stop trying to fancy this up and let's just run the football. And at K-State, we'll be able to do that against Houston.
2: Well, let's get to the meat of the matter as far as you, uh, your approach to football. Kansas State's offensive line has been fabulous two weeks in a row. Just absolutely dominating opponents. What they did to TCU uh, last week should be an embarrassment for the Frogs program. In fact, I don't know if you saw the great quote from Cooper Beebe talking about how uh, down 30 points that TCU defense was laughing and talking yep. trash and it's like it didn't match up at all, but he knew it was just to cover up the fact that they'd been completely humiliated. And that's what a running game will do to you. If, if you can't stop the run, it is the lowest of lows in football, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just takes it right out of you, your team,
1: everything you're trying to do when a football team runs the ball at you and you can't stop it. K-State has been able to do that the last two weeks, uh, and that's what we need to do. We need, And I'm not saying we can't ever throw the football or anything like that, but K-State has an experienced, good offensive line. Let things start there and make people stop it. Let's not stop ourselves, and and that's what we have done. The coaching staff have done a great job the last few weeks is not letting not getting in the way and not letting us stop ourselves from running the football. Just, Hey, if you can't stop it, we're going to keep on running it. And I believe K state will be able to do that again on Saturday.
2: And you know what I, well, I, that sounds like Avery Johnson's the quarterback for this game. You know, the guy that can get through you pretty quickly. Uh, I think it'll work with Will Howard too, uh, the mm-hmm. quarterback run. I, I think this defense is suspect suspect in so many areas uh, and now that they've unveiled the big defensive change, which was you know, kind of gutsy to do something in the middle of the season like that, um, I, I think KC will handle it fine. I am fascinated to see what Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman do with their quarterbacks in this game. The two-man approach, the rotation, every other possession worked last week. Uh, it worked brilliantly. Both quarterbacks were really good. Will Howard was better. Um, and will they do that again this week? What would Coach Hanley do?
1: I would start it off the same way. And I know we talked about it on the insiders is I don't think the plan was to continuously rotate them one series, one series, one. I don't think that was the plan, but once things just started rolling, uh, then there was, okay, well, you know what? This is working. We might as well just continue to do this. And TCU just didn't put up any resistance. So if a team and we're just beating them into the dirt, There's no reason to change or do anything differently if just continue to do what you're doing. I just don't think that was the plan. I think they'll go into this the same way, thinking, you know what, we're going to ride a hot hand. We'll start out initially switching them, but then we're going to go with the hot hand. And I think that's the same approach that they're going to go with this week. Um, Hopefully, it turns out the same way as TCU, where we don't have to do anything differently.
2: Right, right. The hot hand was both of them, and then uh, eventually the game just dictated. Will Howard had most of the the playing time in the second half because he was managing the clock brilliantly. Yeah, I had um, the receivers. Uh, Jace Brown's given them new lo- life. Another true freshman <clears throat> steps on the field for Kansas State uh, and shows that the future is bright. He's been a much needed addition to that receiving core, hasn't he?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. This is some of the things that I know me and you have talked about uh, in previously on podcast, uh, talking about K-State recruiting and getting guys on the field immediately that are freshmen. That's what all the big boy programs do. They get guys, skill position players especially, on the field immediately that can help, that they don't have to take two and three and four years to develop. This is a case of that. And it may have even been a case of, You know what? We're giving these older guys an opportunity and you know what? This guy's just doing it better. And we've seen it play out. I love what he's doing. He's got a confidence to him, Fitz. That's the thing I like. He's got a confidence to him that I belong. And that's what you have to have to be able to play big time college football. I belong, have a confidence, go out there and do it. And he's done it.
2: He's certainly on the same page with his, you know, fellow freshman quarterback. They, they, They certainly have a connection there that's undeniable. Uh, But we just talked a whole bunch about the offense and what the offense is doing right. But Brian Hanley, that defense was absolutely light out last week uh, against TCU. That was just pure dominance by the defense uh, for K-State, holding that offense to three points. And it went to the second team, you know, down at the final seconds of the game, hold them out of the end zone impressive performance by the k-state defense i didn't expect that that was a new level for the defense and that's a really positive sign
1: very positive sign the defense just simply got after them. all the things that we loved and we talked about as far as the offense was concerned the defense was just better it just was they played lights out football they got one run One long run, and that was it. Other than that, K-State were were on them. We were just all over the place, guys flying around, and we were tackling. That's always been a little bit of an issue is tackling, and that was not an issue on Saturday. If that continues, I like K-State's chances moving the rest of the season, move forward for the rest of the season, because the guys were out there hitting, tackling, running around, flying around, covering guys. One thing that I did notice in the secondary fits Guys are starting to creep up a little bit. They're not sitting back. They're start, Again, they're starting to get a little confidence that, you know what? All these guys aren't just going to run right past me. Trust the technique. Trust what the coaches are telling me. I'm starting to notice that in the secondary, and it paid dividends against TCU. I love what I'm seeing, man. It was a great thing to see.
2: Yeah, Jacob Parrish uh, can run with anyone. Uh, He's his improvement as a cover guy is just shocking. He's come so far, Uh, but Keenan Garber gives you another corner that can run with anyone. As they've added a lot of speed there with Willie's injury, but Willie's come back. So all of a sudden, in typical K State coaching fashion, they've developed such good depth now. They've got three corners that can play at a high level. It's it's really positive. The safety swap between Payne and Savage has worked. They they both have flourished yes. in those roles. Um, all right, Kobe Savage is everywhere. Uh, but you know that that defensive front for K-State showed that they can get uh some pressure with limited resources, which is huge for a defense. And if they can bottle up Donovan Smith, keep him in that pocket, make him throw, good things will happen for the K-State defense.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. They can again eliminate one thing, take away the run, keep Donovan Smith in the pocket. Don't let him get outside. And then he is going to, th- to throw the ball to us. <laughs> That's yeah. just going to happen. We just got to be there to catch it.
2: Well, I'm going to get into the weeds a little bit um, because you mentioned something about tackling and, and, and how it, you know, hadn't been the best for Casey. I look around college football, tackling is awful. Yeah. Uh, and I think a big reason why is back in your day um, when, The covered wagons were roaming the plains. (laughs) Um, Bill Snyder uh, didn't have a limitation on practice. No. And you guys went after it long hours, including physical play, including tackling drills. Now you're so limited. I just don't think the kids have enough time to be good in tackling. And we're seeing them get better as the season progresses. Why? Because they've had more practice tackling opponents. I think it's a real deficiency in the college game. It
1: absolutely is. Look, I can remember. And again, like you said, you know, I was out there 50 million years ago, but the bottom line is Monday through Thursday it, it, individual drills. And, and you look down, you know, every now and then you'd look down to the other side, you'd see those guys working on tackling on, even on a Thursday at the beginning of practice, they're working on tackling. It was an every single day thing. And just like you said, with the limitations just don't know that you have enough time to do that. I, I think you got to make some time, though.
3: Yeah,
1: uh, you know, I, I I do because, like you said, it's not a K State problem. It's a college football. It's a football problem because you look yep. in the NFL, tackling is awful in the NFL as well. So it's just a football problem. Um, everybody wants to make a big hit, and nobody wants to wrap up. Uh, I think that'll start changing now because guys get penalized, get thrown out of games. It's going to take a little while for that to funnel down a little bit, but yeah, it's just a bad deal right now as far as tackling is concerned. But K-State did a good job on
2: Saturday. I know that. Absolutely. They keep that up. Uh, I know this about football. If you block, tackle, throw, and catch, and run, you're going to win games. Absolutely. It it gets down to that. Brian, I appreciate it so very much. You can check out all of his content right there at Big B Sports Talk. Make sure you're checking out Big B Daily. His his live programming, and so much more from him as the former K-State offensive lineman does good for us and for all of YouTube, Brian, for all of YouTube, Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to head into the break right now. Ryan Wallace awaits on the other side as the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company rolls on.
0: GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break.
1: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates
0: price and coverage match limited by state law welcome back to the power cat podcast
2: welcome back to the power cat free game podcast sponsored by robin's motor company one segment down we got two more to go don't worry we learned a lot about the wildcats and cougars they kick off at 11 a.m on saturday at bill snyder family stadium That was Brian Hanley, and before him, Cooper Beebe, as we let the beef do the talking in segment one, and now we're going to dig deep into Houston with our own Ryan Wallace and the scout of the Cougars, led by quarterback Donovan Smith and head coach Dana Holgerson. But before that, we're going to get to Chris Kleiman and try to sort out a little bit of what's going on with the quarterback situation, who will play. Of course, this was from Tuesday's press conference, Coach Kleiman at that time didn't know a whole lot or didn't want to tell us a whole lot, but we'll get to that Shortly, And as I mentioned, we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company, the dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast, and they've done it for many years. We appreciate it so very much. Yes, here is what Chris Kleiman said about the quarterback situation at Tuesday's press conference. And at the start of the third segment, before Ryan Gilbert, we're going to hear from quarterback Will Howard. You don't want to miss that. But let's go to Chris Kleiman before bringing in our Ryan Wallace. We we haven't talked about it yet with with Colin. Um, he and I will visit as the week goes on. Um, I, I I really don't know. We'll have to wait till Saturday. And now it's time for Ryan Wallace, our recruiting editor at Go Powercat, and he helps us with these breakdowns of the opponent leading into the games here on the Powercat Pregame game Podcast. Uh, Wally, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Well,
4: hey, Fitz, I'm glad that you're having me back because I don't know if my segment could have been more uh, inaccurate after Saturday night. <laughs> It's all right.
2: Wowzers. It's all right. I mean, you got it spot on the week before against Texas Tech in the quarterback run game. We'll give you an off Can't week. Can be perfect. Can not be perfect. Yeah, exactly. And this Houston team is a little strange to look at because they have been better the last two games. They had an off week in between their big, uh, stunning victory over West Virginia and then a really good performance against Texas in which they rolled out the three-man front that they hadn't shown all year. Uh, I assume this is a permanent change, but uh, let's just start here. Give me your overall thoughts about the Houston Cougars, one of the teams that has really struggled in the Big Twelve coming in their first year.
4: Well, you know, on one hand, it it's been uh, it it has been a kind of a season so far of two different teams, and you outlined that. I think you go through their first three games uh, of the regular season to you know what is it their last four. They've definitely made some changes. They've been constantly tinkering, it sounds like, uh, from some of the stuff that I gathered from Houston, that whether it's rotations, uh, the offensive line, whether it's what you talked about going into tex- the Texas game and saying, you know, forget the, the four-man front, let's go back to the odd man front, which is kind of what Holgerson and Doug Bell used to work with at, at West Virginia. So it's not completely foreign to them. It might be foreign to some of the players. So they've constantly been tinkering a little bit, but I think the other thing that we've seen... And, You and I have talked about it on other uh, pieces of content that we've had, uh, live streams and whatnot, podcasts, that has proven to be true about Houston is, Fitz, this is a really individually rich group of talent that they have on this roster. Um, We're seeing it from underclassmen. We're seeing it from upperclassmen. They've done a good job getting guys out of the transfer portal that have come in and made an impact. Uh, And like I said, they've got some underclassmen that I think are going to prove to be dangerous guys in this league for several years to come. Um, and, and I don't want to go as far as saying that the coaching is a scheme thing. I think they've got some schemes that work. I mean, Dana Holgerson has won games before. It's not that his X and O's aren't you know just blasphemy, but the coaching seems to really be holding this program back. And I don't know if that's at individual positions and that kind of development. I don't know if it's in game decisions, but yeah, it's I mean it's it's a it's a talented group that on any night seems like they could hang with anybody as we saw last week, but at the same time, uh, any other night they could just get kind of blown out of the water. And and to me, that comes back to what's on the sidelines and not on the field.
2: I certainly don't want to dismiss what they did last week with Texas, but in watching that, it looked like Texas doing Texas things, you know, just kind of checking out where Texas, we won this, we're up by 21. And then next thing you know, they're in a shootout, then their quarterback gets hurt and they get out of there by the skin of their teeth. So again, that was the Houston team all of a sudden turning to their athletes and Donovan Smith to make plays, and they did. Donovan Smith is an interesting case for me. I like him as a quarterback, but he's flawed. He makes too many mistakes. He has some bad reads. He did it again in that Texas game, and he's no stranger to Bill Snyder Family Stadium as he was the starting quarterback for Tech a year ago. Give me your thoughts on Donovan Smith.
4: Well, we're seeing kind of what, uh, Texas Tech thought he could be in their system, and I think in this system it suits him a lot better. Last year, you know, K State fans that were at that game in Manhattan remember him for his ability to kind of keep plays alive on the on the ground with his feet. And he's he's a big body, but a, a body that's pretty mobile can move. He hasn't been asked to do that, and I don't really know if he wants to do that. I think he yeah. wants to be more of a pocket guy. And in this air raid, this true kind of uh, Mike Leach type system that they run it's, it's uh, behooved him big time for him to be a little bit more accurate because it's just more about quick reads. You're not looking downfield as much uh, as he was at Texas Tech and uh, allows him to just kind of look for more underneath stuff and, and move the chains. Uh, I was looking at some stats for him, Fitz. He has not thrown for less than 225 yards in a game this year. I mean, he is chucking it. Uh, other than Dylan Gabriel, I think he's number two in a lot of passing stats in this conference this year. Um, but the thing about him and he's cut down the interceptions, I'll give him that too. Um, but the thing about him that I think still holds true, and maybe it's, uh, maybe it's no fault of his own. Maybe it's, um, the rapport that he's had to develop, had to develop with a lot of young receivers. I think the starting receiver and core that we're going to see on Saturday morning is like all sophomores and they're really good. And they've got some freshmen that they're not playing that are. Ridiculously talented, so they're young, and so he's had to kind of get to know them in his first year in the system. And so maybe there's some rapport issues, and maybe there's some issues up front with the offensive line that I mentioned they've been kind of tinkering. Patrick Paul at tackle has been strong, but the rest of the group has not been very good at all. Um, so he's cut down on him from an interception uh, perspective. I mean, his maturity has really grown this year and not throwing bad as many bad balls, but his QBR is still only 70.9 fits. And I say that for some contrast, Will Howard is 72.5. And there are a lot of K state fans that are done with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So QBR wise, Donovan's been Smith has been worse than Will Howard and he's been sacked 18 times, which again goes to show you that he kind of wants to stay in the pocket, wants to be more of a passer this year, not a runner. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's he's, you will definitely notice that he's taken his game to another level but he's still not somebody that I think you can really, you expect to, you know, Houston to ride his coattails to uh, some big upset win in Manhattan. I sure, I sure don't anyway, not what I've seen so far from him this year.
2: One of the things Dana Holgerston has done right in my book is he took this quarterback out of the portal and said, you're my guy, mm-hmm. you're it. And he never got that at Texas tech. So it, I think it's really helped him um, defensively. Uh, I think the Houston coaches realized we got to do something different. I don't think this was some grand mastery that they wanted to switch defense heading into the Texas game. I think they got to the off week and said, what the hell can we do to fix this defense? A defense that's dead last in almost every category in the Big 12. They've been pitiful. They were better. But the surprise is over, and K-State is more than accustomed to seeing three-man fronts.
4: Yeah, I mean, this won't be anything. It might have surprised Texas because they weren't preparing for it. But at the same time now, K-State has a week's worth of film to at least watch it. And again, like you said, it's not something that they don't practice against every day. Um, but, I, you know, I think a lot of what I've seen from Houston when I went back and watched several games, Texas Tech, Texas, a little bit of TCU, of course, trying to familiarize myself with like opponents, um, haven't gotten a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And I think going to the odd man front allowed... Uh, a little bit more design elements that they can manufacture with blitzes and whatnot. Uh, you know, they were also able to get a talented Oklahoma um, transfer who is listed as a D line, but he was kind of starting beginning of the year for Houston. More is like a true outside linebacker in a Wugbu. They got him more at what he's what he's best at, which is kind of that hybrid. And so pairing him with Caesar gave them their best and most potent pass rush against Texas that they had so we'll see if that carries over against a really strong offensive line uh, for Kansas State or at least has been the last two games um, but then the other thing fits like I mentioned is just the the misexecution execution and, and assignments I think it goes back to the secondary uh, a being asked to do a lot early on in the year where when you don't have a pass rush, that means your secondary has got to cover for longer and they've gotten beat uh, so many times um, and content with contested catches are just getting flat out beat, but also a lot of hand pointing, you know, you got him. No, you got him. No. And then the guy's wide open. And I think some of that is the, that's the pro and con of the portal. You mm-hmm. get guys individually that are really seasoned, but collectively haven't ever played together. And on offense, we've seen it from Houston a little bit. I think, coming into Saturday morning, when I looked at their depth chart, they've got six transfers projected to start on offense and then six transfers projected to start on defense. And if I'm correct in this, I think the defensive guys are more uh, transfers within the last offseason. I think some of the transfers on offense were guys that had transferred uh, going back to, you know, the season before. So a, a lot of that, um, they do have a guy in AJ Halsey fits that is a real difference maker at free safety But he's been asked to do a lot uh, and cover a lot of ground. So, you know, that to me seems to be the area that if I'm K-State, you can take advantage of. And don't get me wrong, uh, a lot of similarities to Texas Tech, too. So, uh, you know, this could be another game where and I'm pardon me if I'm getting ahead of myself with questions that you were going to ask. But might be another game that suits both Will Howard and Avery Johnson. Because, like I said, the secondary has been very susceptible to the passing attack that seems to fit with what Will Howard wants to do and his strengths so far. Uh, But then like we saw against Texas tech, when they have gotten a pass rush, it's like they just completely leave massive lanes open for a guy like Avery Johnson to run through. So I I think it could be a really well-balanced attack for K state on Saturday morning,
2: man, you just lead me right into my topic. Yep. We (laughs) opened this segment with some sound from Chris Kleiman talking about his quarterbacks after this segment, leading into Ryan Gilbert, we're going to hear from Will Howard. Uh, and you'll pick up some of his displeasure about having to uh, share his duties with this young blonde-haired upstart who he likes a lot, but still he's the senior. He'd like to start. I think his quote was, "It is what it is." And you know, when they say that, they're not happy. <laughs> uh, but give me your thoughts on the quarterback situation, and you know what to, is appropriate for this game against the Houston Cougars. Well, I
4: thought what you guys outlined in this week's Go Power Cat podcast um, was very accurate, and I fall in the same boat. I think maybe I'm more pro uh, in the pro camp of that these two can coexist for maybe a little bit longer than what people think. And again, I think part of that is just what I've outlined in the past, which is even though Will Howard is probably displeased, probably at himself more than anybody, and he's a natural competitor and wants this, the job to be his. Uh, At the same time, I don't get the sense that this is your typical quarterback carousel where they're both jockeying for position. Because, again, I think the trajectory of both of their careers are staggered in a sense where they're not a huge threat to the other. I think Avery Johnson knows that he's going to have his chance. He's just happy to get uh, a shot as a true freshman. And I think Will Howard knows, look, I'm not going to I don't have to compete with this guy for very much longer. If I don't want to, if, if I want, if I want to, it can be done after this year. Um, and so it's in that sense, I don't think it's as head to head as maybe we've seen in the past at the same time, though, I agree with kind of the sentiment that's been laid out by a lot of K state fans. And again, what you guys said on the podcast, which is, I think it can, it can exist for as many games as you want, but I think the longer that it lingers creates some problems. I, I don't think you want to go, you know, into a bowl game with this constant each week we'll see. And, you know, you take a series and you take a series, you take it and the the constant rotation. I think at some point you can go with whoever fits the game plan best, but eventually you're, you you really kind of want to see one of them rise to the occasion.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, This, this game is interesting for me because we talk so much about these quarterbacks And yet it's really been the defense and offensive line who have been the stars of the game. Uh, Last week, certainly, but the last two games, the offensive line has just been absolutely dominant. My daily delivery on Wednesday was about uh, the progression of a certain right tackle that I was pretty critical of earlier in the year. Hey, me too. But uh, this line's really clicked. And uh, I think as long as you're dominating the line of scrimmage, and Carver-Willis has been a big part of that at right tackle, he certainly was against TCU. He was, he was really good. Um, you're going to win games. You win that line of scrimmage consistently on both sides of the ball. You're going to be a really good football team. And that's kind of what is really going on with K-State right now. They're winning the point of attack.
4: I'm glad you brought up Carver Willis because I was going to say something if you hadn't, which, I mean, the the progression that he's made is incredible. beyond commendable. Um, So kudos to him. Kudos to the entire line for, you know, really getting – a kick in the butt after Oklahoma state and taking it to heart. Uh, And, and I think that the defensive line has slowly kind of found their rhythm as well, despite not having some guys that you would expect them to have uh, at, you know, at linebacker playing behind them. I think sometimes it would be easy for you to start to uh, adjust how you play, knowing that somebody might not be behind you to fill properly or whatever. And we haven't seen them do that. You know, I think they've continued to play, with the same confidence, with Daniel Green behind him, as they have when it's Austin main or Bo Palmer. Um, so kudos to the defensive line as well. And Fitz, I think this w- is where this game will be truly decided and, and potentially decided early. Um, I, I already mentioned uh, that Houston's kind of had their problems up front, uh, had a little bit of a better showing, as good a showing as you can really against Texas, and they've continued to tinker with the O line, but. Uh, pass protection um, has been poor, run uh, uh, blocking hasn't been great. I will say, Fitz, if you look at the stats, that's one area that I think Houston has made a big change at is in the the ground game. And again, it's hard to decipher whether that's because the passing game is starting to open up a little bit more because the the offensive line for Houston is blocking a little bit better. But their first three games, you combine their yards per carry uh, and and they were averaging point. Uh, 3.0. So three yards per carry in those first three games. In the next three games prior to last week against Texas, you can throw that one out. Nobody's been run, able to run on Texas. Uh, almost five yards per carry. Um, so they have been a little bit better there, but it, it's not something again that falls into K State's strength as mm-hmm. a defense. And uh, again, I think everything that K State wants to do on offense falls into a weakness for for Houston, um, defensively. Cause again, I think it's going to start on the groundless. If you're a betting guy, I would bet huge on TreShaun Ward and DJ Giddens in this game because I just think Houston has not shown the ability to slow down many rushing attacks this season. Uh, and beyond that, when you've got a good ground game, uh, you can start to hit some things through the air. They've got Jace Brown going now and and all that. So yeah, I like I like K State's trenches in this game, and I think that's ultimately what will decide potentially maybe how lopsided this becomes,
2: Fitz. I agree. Uh, Carver Willis gets the shout-out on the offensive side of the ball for stepping up. Jake Clifton on the defense side of the ball, slides into yeah. that middle linebacker spot, plays outstanding. He played a little bit of it earlier in the season after the Daniel Green injury. He came back from his own injury maybe a little too soon. Didn't look comfortable or good mm-hmm. in that role. He looked fantastic on Saturday. Um, I think even when Austin Romain is ready to come back, he will – probably be the backup at that spot so that Jake Clifton can move over and back up the other spots like he wanted which is his strength he can play right. all three spots uh, but I you got to have him in the middle you just from now on you got to have him in the middle based on what I saw Saturday he was fantastic
4: yeah i mean he The other thing about Jake that, uh, that I like that balances out that particular unit and also the defense is his ability to cover too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's not a strong suit of Austin Romains. I mean, he's a thumper. He's a between the tackles, see ball, get ball. And I think the same could be said about Bo Palmer as well, who we start to see them, you know, rotate him in a little bit these last couple of weeks. But uh, I'm with you. I mean, Jake Clifton is a guy we, we heard about it all off season, how vital, I mean, Fitz Chris Kleiman and Joe Claren were talking about him, you know, even taking some snaps at safety just because Mm he's, he's A, that athletic to do it, but also B, gives another guy in that defense more knowledge of the system as a whole and beyond his one position. Getting him back healthy has been huge. I think you're right. I I don't want to say anyone rushed him back. You know, for all we know, Jake rushed himself back. Mm -hmm. He definitely looked like a different player
2: against TCU
4: in a very good way.
2: I love it. When I ask him what's his favorite position to play, he said, play. I want to play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't care. I, I'll play all three linebacker spots. I, I don't have a preference. I want to be on the field. He's a football player. Yep. You know, you put me at quarterback. I'll do my best, coach. You know, and, and I just appreciate that so much. Um, this should be a game K-State dominates, but so was the Oklahoma State game. and It didn't work out that way. Yeah. Any red flags about this game for you?
4: I mean, the the one red flag that I will say about Houston is that, uh, you know, they start slow, but they finish. I mean, this is a team that does not give up. um, and we've seen it all year long. they've They've won some close ones, um, but they've also gotten hit a little bit too hard in the mouth early on. And to me, that's where I think this gets away from Houston. Um, I know there's been a lot of chatter about, You know, K-State having to make that adjustment coming off night games to a a, a morning kick. I think maybe that would hold more sentiment with me if it was a road game, but it's at home. Chris Kleiman and K-State have been so good over the course of his tenure in these early kickoffs. Houston fits in a weird scheduling deal, has not left the state of Texas yet this season. They've played one game out of the city of Houston, one, (laughs) and it was in Lubbock because their non-com game was Rice, which is right down the street from them. Um, so you you couple that element of their schedule with the fact that they, you know, put so much into the Texas game uh, and had it taken away from them in an unfortunate way. If you go back and watch kind of how that what that first down call that wasn't right. Um, I, shame for the Cougars, um, but might benefit the Big 12 in the college football playoffs. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, if to me, I just think there's too much riding against Houston. It's, it's too much of an adjustment for them to make. And I mentioned the slow starts too for them. And to me, this is a, you know, a, a green flag, I guess, of your K State. Uh, they've been consistently slow over the course of Holgerson's tenure there. But also this year, they've been outscored fits in the first quarter, eighty to forty-one. Teams come out, and they jump on them. And I think that's the difference between a Texas and a K-State. We saw Texas come out like gangbusters last week, and they got confident, and they got comfortable. K-State, with what's happened to them this season, I think they know that one game, one series, it's done for them. They still have that light at the end of the tunnel, but if they take the foot off the gas, that glimmer is gone. I don't think you'll see that from them especially in a game against, you know, uh, knowing that Texas is looming for them, knowing that it's homecoming, uh, knowing that they're kind of finding their rhythm and everything. I think this is a game that we'll see K-State get out in front. Um, I don't know if they're going to get away quite to what the line is right now, but I think it'll be one that K-State handles comfortably from start to finish. I
2: really do and you know my old philosophy about texas teams coming north when it gets cold mm-hmm. and it will be a little bit chilly on saturday mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. bill thank you ron wallace appreciate it very much your expertise is always needed uh to, to offset me yeah well uh, if when it's right fits when it's, it's right, right. We'll, we'll just take it it sounds good <laughs> yeah. we'll just take there it. there you go let's head into a break on the Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins motor company but you don't want to go anywhere you need to hear what Will Howard had to say at Tuesday's press conference. It might surprise you. The tone is very interesting. We'll be right back.
0: GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. It's only a kick, a jump,
5: a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
0: Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome
2: back to the Power Cat Pre Game Podcast, sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. We have two segments behind us and one segment remaining. And it is last, but it's not least. Ryan Gilbert is never leased. He will be stepping in here in just a second to discuss the betting lines around the Big 12 six games in total, including a big line for K-State to cover if it beats Houston in this game. Of course, the Cougars and Wildcats kick off at 11 a.m. at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It's on ESPN2. And before we get to Ryan Gilbert, we'll hear from Will Howard with a very interesting conversation from Tuesday's press conference kind of lets his real feelings out about where this quarterback situation stands for the Kansas State Wildcats. Will they continue to rotate? Will they go with the hot hand? We won't know until it unveils itself on Saturday. As I mentioned, we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, longtime title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast and we appreciate it so much well as k-state went with avery johnson and will howard and back-to-back possessions just shuffling back and forth throughout the game on saturday in a blowout over tcu against tcu down in houston the cougars were giving the longhorns everything they could take and after falling behind 21 nothing houston ended up losing in a nail-biter 31-24 But the quarterback situation at K-State remains the headline. Let's get to Will Howard, and then we'll bring in Ryan Gilbert to talk about sports betting lines around the conference and where he thinks these games will fall when it's all said and done. Here's QB1. How
0: much did your situation with Adrian last year kind of prepare you for for this year when you were almost kind of on the flip side of that?
6: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, obviously it is what it is, and, like, you know, um, I guess – uh I feel like I've been in this situation quite a few times now and uh yeah I, I you know I just have learned to you know deal with it and and understand that um you know I gotta gotta take care of the team first and that's kind of who I am so um yeah it's I think you know Avery's got a really bright future and anything I can do to help that kid I, I'm gonna do did you see
2: the quarterback ratings from the weekend
6: uh, I heard something. Yeah, he yeah, I did. I did. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah.
2: It's crazy though. That how does that affect your rhythm? I mean, you're used to going out. Quarterbacks go out every series.
6: It's got to be totally yeah. weird. Uh, it's it's different, um, but. It's not up to me, so, uh, you know, I. Uh, it, it is what it is. Got to control what you can control, right? I'm curious, are you fresher in the fourth after only playing half this year? I, I guess you could say that. Um, you know, you could also say that you're you're not getting as many plays, so you're not in a rhythm. So, I, you know, I, I there's different ways of looking at it. I don't know. I mean, it worked last game, so.
2: And now we do bring in Ryan Gilbert to talk about the sports betting lines around the six games taking place in the Big 12. No outsiders this week, Brian. I, I decided we're sticking with family this week. It's all Big 12 games, man. I don't know. That's hey, how it I, be, right? what's that? That's how it should be. I know. I know those outsiders don't belong in this family. I do want to ask you because you were at Tuesday's press conference with myself and Michael Goins and Zach Carlson from the Go Power Cat crew. You heard Will Howard speak. The viewers just saw his video. The listeners just heard his audio from Tuesday. Doesn't sound particularly uh, overjoyed with the quarterback situation, does he?
5: Yeah, I don't blame him. I'd be the same. I, I would. I know. I would share the same feeling if I was in that situation. But uh, yeah, he's definitely been short. Um, I think we were joking that this might have been the last time we see him all year for a for a midweek press conference. But he was. He seemed short. He seemed ticked off. But you know, maybe this gives him a chip on his shoulder to play even harder. But on the flip side, you know, maybe this is an issue that creates a distraction. We'll have to see what happens on on Saturday. But, you know, I mentioned this on the, the questions podcast that dropped on Wednesday. Uh Will Howard is sort of you know, last year he stole Adrian Martinez's job. And now he's it, it seems like he might be getting his job stolen this year. But that's just that's the game of football, right? And you gotta be yep. a team.
2: Well, it'll be fascinating to see how Coach Kleiman and Coach Klein handle the quarterbacks. But for now, we're going to handle the sports, gambling, betting, deviant stuff, the portion of the show. West Virginia goes to UCF as a six and a half point underdog. Gills, uh, UCF favored by a touchdown at home over West Virginia. I guess Vegas thinks the West Virginia climb is over and it. It's uh, now back to being Mountaineers. What are your thoughts on this game?
5: Well, somebody's got to win, right? Uh, West Virginia has lost two in a row, but UCF has lost four in a row. And so I agree, man. I'm surprised to see this, you know, basically a touchdown in favor of UCF. But uh, uh, UCF's been close. You look at the game against Oklahoma, losing it by one. They lose to Baylor by two. So I get it. They've been close. But at the end of the day, a loss is a loss. You have lost four in a row. I don't care how close you are to winning these games when you're losing four in a row. That can't be good for the confidence no. and morale of your locker room. So I've got to ride West Virginia. I just I can't be laying a touchdown with UCF. And I get it. West Virginia's struggling, but I mean they've been they've been respectable this year.
2: Yeah. Uh Cincinnati ventures into Stillwater. Have fun, guys. Uh they are only a seven and a half point underdog to Oklahoma State. Maybe the team that's playing best in the entire Big 12 right now. They've gone from dead to contender in the matter of less than a month. Uh, I Look, Cincinnati's got some players, but I'm a little shocked that this isn't a double-digit line. I will ride Oklahoma State big time.
5: Right on. The Cowboys are rolling right now, and over the last three games, averaging uh, 38 points a game here. Obviously, one of those games was against Kansas State, like you remember, where that offense sort of came together, got some life. Cincinnati hasn't scored more than 30 in a single Big 12 game yet. So I think Oklahoma
2: State steamrolls them here on Saturday. Yep, I would agree with that. Iowa State goes to Baylor as a two-and-a-half point favorite. Who would have thought we'd be talking about Iowa State midseason being a road favorite in the conference? But here we are, reality set in. Iowa State has found something with a young quarterback. Baylor has been uh, better on the road at home than at home. Figure that one out. I can't understand it. I can't even say it right. It's a big 12 for you. I know. Iowa State, do they win by a field goal or more in Waco?
5: So you look at Iowa State and Baylor. Both teams are coming off of games against Cincinnati on the road. Obviously, Iowa State's coming off of a bye. So Iowa State won that game by 20 on October 14th. Cincinnati won that, excuse me, Baylor won that game by just three points last weekend. So I hate to bring this up, but you look at just the way these two teams played against Cincinnati, which I know isn't the end-all be-all, but clearly Iowa State was the better team They're coming off of a bye week. You mentioned Baylor struggles right at home, so I'll take the road The road favorite here with the Cyclones.
2: Okay, so Texas was a 24-point favorite last weekend at Houston and hung on for dear life and lost Gwen Ewers, their starting quarterback, for uh, at least a couple weeks. I think we'll see the backup here uh, next week in uh, Austin with K-State heads down that way, but BYU's up first in Austin. They are a 17-and-a-half-point road dog. Um, mm, I I, I want to believe Texas should cover this, but there's so many unknowns with this quarterback. I don't think I would touch this game. They could be incredible or awful. I have no idea what we're going to see from that Texas offense. Yeah, you first look at this line, and we'll, we'll touch on K-State here in a moment, but for
5: for Texas to be favored by the same amount of points that Kansas State is, against houston i mean that's crazy but the more you look at it though obviously the quarterback situation texas's struggles last weekend against houston i get the line but i pulled up um, espn's win probability they got it at like 95 percent for texas which is just crazy i don't know if that factors in the quarterback stuff but i also don't know what this line opened as i wish i would have looked here before but you have to assume that it was more than 17 points before that game against houston last weekend so I still do like Texas here. Obviously, I, I think a good comparison is the 49ers in the NFL. They've got Brock Purdy, a guy that we know from the Big 12, who's really not that great of a quarterback. But you look at the weapons that are surrounding him, it doesn't maybe matter who plays quarterback when you have a bunch of five stars on your roster. Yeah, I think Texas gets by BYU easily in this
2: game. But, okay. you know, without a quarterback, who knows? Yep, we will find out what they're made of, and it'll help us preview next week's game when that comes up. Um, This is the biggest game in the Big 12, and I don't think it's even close. OU is a 10-point favorite in Lawrence. Um, It doesn't sound like uh, Jalen Daniels will be back. Might be done for the year. A lot of rumors coming out of Lawrence about what's going on with him, and it's not back-related, I can tell you that. Oklahoma limps in after barely getting by last week against UCF. Uh, Look, I, I think Oklahoma's good. I just don't think they're awesome. But I do they win by more than 10 points in Lawrence? I suspect they don't. I just have a feeling KU's got something up their sleeve. Lance Leipold's too good to get smoked by double digits in this game, I think.
5: If you're a K-State fan, who would have thought you'd be cheered for the Jayhawks in this game, right? Just yep. in terms of what it means for the Big 12 race. and Where K-State stands, obviously, you want to see Oklahoma lose. But Oklahoma's won 18 in a row against KU, and that's obviously no surprise with how these two programs have played but it's hard to see KU pulling off the upset um I, I would lean oklahoma in this game but just off the top of my head you've got a few recent games where ku was able to give oklahoma a run for its money um especially you know the last three, four, five years when when ku start to get start to have developed a decent football program right. Right? so oklahoma here is probably going to win this game but the question is can ku keep it close i I don't have a really good good feel for this game.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a hard one to figure out because of the quarterback situation in Lawrence and how that will affect them against a really good Oklahoma team. Houston comes to Kansas State, comes to the Bills, 17.5-point underdog. Like you mentioned, the same line as BYU's got at Texas. Um, K-State played incredible football last weekend doesn't mean much in the Big 12, how one week translates to another, and that might hold true for Houston. That played really well against Texas. I still think K-State covers this. I think K-State's got something to prove.
5: I'll disagree with you, Fitz. Obviously, K-State's still got something to prove, but I like Houston to keep this game close. There's a couple reasons why. Uh, Obviously, the weather on Saturday I don't think is going to favor a real blowout in favor of the Wildcats. Also, you look at the quarterback situation. If K-State gets up – you know, three or four scores. Maybe they put in not only the backups, but you put in uh Avery or Will, whoever that may be. And I don't I don't know what I'm trying to get at here. It doesn't I don't know if that really makes sense, Fitz, but I just don't see K State going out and and putting their foot on the gas for a full sixty minutes if it gets sure. a lead. When you look at the game next week with Texas, right? Yeah. I think you want to save some stuff. Uh, Don't have everything on tape, especially with Avery Johnson. I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at is if Avery's that guy to play in the second half, you're not going to see you're you're not going to see them going 100 percent in my opinion. Um, So the weather, you got that situation. Houston's passing attack is lethal. Now, every other aspect of Houston's, you know, rushing attack, rush defense, pass defense, K-State clearly has the nod there in all those categories. But I think Houston's got the firepower offensively it to keep this game relatively close. And I I am not calling the upset anything like that, but 17 points is a lot when we talk about that Texas game for K State to have the same spread as Texas. I mean, both teams are at home. That's that's a lot of points, man. So I'm gonna lean Houston here to cover. Um clearly Chris Kleiman. We we spoke to him on Tuesday, he was very complimentary of uh you know Houston's quarterback, Donovan Smith and I get it. The rest of Houston's team doesn't have much to scare you, but if this does turn into a shootout, which I I guess I don't think it will because of the weather and stuff like that, but if it does, obviously that's going to favor an opportunity for for Houston to cover. If there's a lot of points, if there's not a lot of points, that that favors Houston as well. If it's you know a game like twenty-seven to you know thirteen, that's going to be a cover for the for the Cougars.
2: Is Ryan Gilbert? He handles our sports betting angles at Go Power Cat. And by the way, these lines were from FanDuel. I found out that we're no longer affiliated with Caesars. We can use the sportsbook I use now. Right. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) Very good, Gil. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan Gilbert. Much appreciated. And that brings us almost to the close of this edition of the Powercat Pregame Podcast, sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. Hopefully, I didn't have any audio issues throughout the show, but The audio has been cutting in and out on me, and we'll see how it goes when I get to production. Remember, the game kicks at 11 a.m. That's right, no night game. The first morning game of the Big 12 season for Kansas State. As the Wildcats play host to the Houston Cougars, 11 a.m. Bill Snyder Family Stadium on Saturday. The game is on ESPN2, but one more reminder, if you're headed to the stadium, check your weather app. Make sure you have the right clothing the many layers. You might need rain gear, cold gear, heat gear. I don't know. Asteroid gear. It's going to be a weird weather day at the bill. Be prepared. And we have one more thing to cover before we close up shop, and that is my one thing to watch in this game. For our VIP subscribers at GoPyroCat.com, I dig in a little deeper with my five keys to victory and my actual game prediction. I do think K-State wins this game, and I do think K-State gets away from Houston maybe in the second half, but I think this is going to be an entertaining game. And it comes down to Kansas State's ability to pressure and make uncomfortable quarterback Donovan Smith. I know you want to talk about Kansas State's quarterbacks and what happens there. That will take care of itself someone is going to take control of the quarterback situation in this game and play most of the second half. That's my belief. They'll rotate quarterbacks until it's obvious. Either Will Howard or Avery Johnson has to go. But we know Donovan Smith is playing for the Houston Cougars. He played here last year with Texas Tech, and K-State was able to contain him. As Ryan Wallace mentioned, he doesn't want to run around and be a mobile quarterback, but he can do that. He wants to stand in the pocket and sling the ball, and he's very capable of doing that. So K-State needs to squeeze that pocket and make life a little bit less comfortable for this Houston offense that seems to have a little life in it. They can put up points, and they never give up, as we saw with their comeback victory against West Virginia, and then how they came off the mat with Texas and took them to the very wire. Should be a really great game at the Bill. I hope you can make it. I plan on being there. I'm excited to have back-to-back home games before Kansas State goes to Texas for a giant game next week. And we will have our complete preview of that game waiting for you one week from today. But for now, it's K-State and Houston on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I will see you at the Bill.
0: Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition.